This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello guys and welcome to episode 41 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and with me is Gary. How are you? You're Ben. You don't sound like Ben. No, I'm, I'm poorly Ben this week again. Every week. You're you're men every week. I remember once we did the pod and you weren't poorly. Wow. Wow, that must have been a while ago. Yeah, I think it was like episode three or something. I think it was only (laughs) 20 minutes. I think you fell ill halfway through the pod. Probably did, yeah. I was just collapsed and uh, that was probably (laughs) what that big thud was. No, but are you well, mate? How are you getting on? Very well, mate. Yeah, it's been three weeks, hasn't it? It seems to have been um, a while. There's not an awful lot happened in the the interim period either. So missing my football. I've had a, a few nice programme deliveries, so I've been soaking in the, the Lincoln City atmosphere, even though it's early June. Fair enough. Well, you'll get another one on Friday, um, at least. I've, I've got a box full, but I don't know whether you'd want the whole box or not. But oh, uh, you can't. We'll discuss that. You absolutely yeah, we'll discuss can't that bring the whole box, otherwise I will genuinely be divorced. Um, I, brought, <laughs> I brought a car boot full back with me last week. And I thought, I'm not going to let Fino or Weekend's going to leave them in the boot. And I'd got 95% of them, to be fair. Probably, well, no, I say that, probably 90% of them. A lot of them were a ways. Um, and then I stupidly went to, for a breakfast Saturday morning in rugby, lifted my car boot, put something in the back of it, and a whole box always fell out. <laughs> that busy. So um, I spent, and that's why I put my back out on Saturday because I was, I was putting some that I had duplicates into storage boxes and into the shed ready to to work out what to do with them. So, oh, Charlie sat on my knee wow. and he's obviously a fan. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a Stacey West pod without me being poorly and Charlie being sat with you. So uh, no, yes. I wouldn't. Anyway, um, we'll we'll get into what news there has been. I mean, it's it's sort of been rumours more than anything hasn't it yeah there's there's absolutely uh no news whatsoever apart from tim akinola going which you know we've done our planning for the pod and i've dropped that one in on you um but apart from that there hasn't been any rock solid news uh there's been rumors there's one that came through today from london south 
South London Press and Mercury, London News mm-hmm. Online. Um, these websites always have different names to their corresponding papers like Lincolnshire Live and Lincolnshire Echo. But yeah, they've um, they've linked us with a player and that's where we're going to start today. Um, they've linked us with 23-year-old winger Tariq Fosu. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know much about Tariq Fosu? I'd be lying if I said I did. Ah, well, that's where I come in because I've been writing about him all day long uh, for various sites. Uh, so as I've said, Tariq Fosu is 23 years old. Um, he's a winger. He was at Charlton Athletic last year, scored three goals in something like 27 appearances. And you'll have to forgive me if I'm one or two out with that. Uh, season before, he bagged nine in 37. Uh, as I say, started at Reading, spent time out on loan at Accrington, Colchester and Fleetwood. Uh, ironically, it was Fleetwood against whom he scored his first ever career hat-trick, which was uh, not last season, the season before. So really, really exciting signing uh, if we were to be, if we were to pull it off. Uh, really quick winger. Um, believe he's right-footed, but I think he can play on the left as well. Um it's interesting. It's the sort of player, I don't know what you think, but it's the sort of player that I like to hear us linked with at this stage of the season. Yeah, it sounds like he's um, probably that sort of flair player that uh, I think a few people were saying that we needed. We probably needed more of last season. Um, I, I think from what you've said, from what I've read about it, uh, from what I've read about him, even though it has been quite limited, I think he sounds like a, a decent prospect. So I'm... Uh, I'll be keeping my eye on him for sure. Yeah, there's obviously there is um, competition for him. Now, bear in mind, this is paper talk, um, but he's actually a left-sided player. Uh, I beg your pardon, he's not a right. He's right-footed, but plays on the left. That's interesting. So he can he can probably switch either side, to be fair. Um, apparently, Rotherham were after him, uh, which mm-hmm. shows you the kind of pond maybe that Danny's fishing in. I mean, usually there isn't a story without some form of basis. And I know that that's going to kind of contradict what we move on to uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, if if teams are being linked in proper press, there's usually something in it, whether it's the agent has had interest from Lincoln, Rotherham and Oxford, who are the other side. um, I don't know. Uh, Oxford, as I say, they're the other side. They're the favourites for his signature because Carl Robinson is the manager. And it was Carl Robinson who gave um, Tariq most of his football uh, at Charlton, not last season, season before. So also being based Reading, Charlton, you know, it it would probably not mean a a move up north, um, which would be interesting. I do like the idea. I think that it could, could could suggest a very different outlook to our left-hand side. And I think when transfers do begin to kick off, it's not going to surprise me at all if Bruno Andrade isn't on the move. Um, yeah. Which... Uh, I, th- I think that's the uh, that's the one for me um, where it's been... Uh, it's It's been sort of an unspoken... Not, inevitab- uh, not inevitability, because I don't think anything is in, in football, but... I would be genuinely quite surprised if Bruno was playing, uh, was lining up in our first uh, first eleven at the start of the season. Um, he's uh, he's been a class above for most of the season last year, um, and I, it would surprise me, like I say, if if he was still playing for us. Um, and it would be a deserved move as well. And I don't think anyone would anyone would have any grudges against him if he did go. But I, I can't see anything but big bids coming in for him. 
um, over the It's summer. interesting though, isn't it? Because we're talking Bruno Andrade, so we're talking a player that's probably come from a similar sort of background to Fosu in that, you know, Fosu's come through the Reading Academy and Andrade's come through the QPR Academy. But in every respect, Fosu has kind of made it where Andrade hasn't. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Bruno, um, but, you know, Fosu was, he moved for a cash sum from Reading to Charlton. He's played football league loans only. Um, I mean, he has been playing league one football for Charlton this season, albeit from the bench and, and you know, coming off the playing in cup competitions. Whereas Bruno was kind of cast aside and he's worked his way back up. Now, in terms of value, we're talking Bruno has had a great season for us. He's got goals, he's got assists. We're talking half a million pounds, I believe, as a starting point. I don't think we would get an awful lot more than that. I think we've got to be realistic last year of his contract. But then you've got a 23-year-old kid. So younger than Bruno, only really played League One football to a serious level on a regular basis. Charlton have actually offered him a new deal, not because they want him to stay, but because when he goes, they're going to want compensation for him and they will get that having offered him a new deal. It's actually interesting because in real terms, Tariq Fosu is probably, probably the better player. But it's all about form, isn't it? It's all about perception. It's, in, it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't mean that as a slight to Bruno. I just, you know, I, I just find, I find football transfers fascinating. And obviously I work in it all the time. And, I, you know, we're going to talk about, well, we'll, we'll bring it in now um, before we move on to another link of play. You talk about Mo Issa. And Mo Issa is a transfer that has absolutely baffled me this week. It really has. Because yeah. we've got a player who left Cheltenham for a figure of around a million pounds on the back of one season where he scored 23 goals in 40-odd games. Okay, fair enough. A lot of money, but he's young, he's athletic. He was clearly could play the hold-up play, could run the channels. Good striker. Goes to Bristol City, flops. No, no disrespect, he's flopped. Mm-hmm. He's played five times for them. Most of those, I think, have come off the bench. He hasn't scored. He's not had a sniff of the first team. Peterborough paid a seven-figure sum, which I believe is is over a million pounds. I don't think it's the very base. For what? For one season in League Two. But it's perception, isn't it? The words Mo Issa, the furore over his services last summer. And all of a sudden, Mo Issa is worth yeah. one point odd million. So what in, what in real terms is Bruno worth? Well, I mean, this is this is the big question, isn't it? If you've got clubs in League One, and you know it is now multiple, admittedly it's only two, but you've got <clears throat> you've got Sunderland spending four million on Will Grigg last season, and you've got Peterborough. And I, I again, I don't want to sound like I'm being disrespectful to Peterborough. You know, we've obviously got some close ties with them in terms of uh, some of the business that we've done and, and all the rest of it, but. How how the hell have they managed to, you know, dig out a million and a bit for 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 a for, uh, for a striker? I I just can't. I don't know. I, can, I can't I can answer that. Investment last year, Darren McAntony sold part of his um, holding in the club to exterior investors, and and they own it in a kind of a a, a three way split. Although he is still the main man, pure and simple. Um, and also, you look at what they do with players. They signed Jack Marriott for what, 100000 from Luton, I think it was. Very, very astute signing. When you look at how he'd actually done for Luton the season before, it, it was it was quite an interesting capture. Pumped him on for, what, £5 million last summer? They bought Dwight Gale, pumped him on for big money. Britt Asambolongo, pumped him on for big money. Connor Washington, they've done the same with him. Um, and their recruitment is phenomenal. And 
It's funny because they recently, I don't know if people follow Dara on Twitter or if they follow a, a Twitter account called Blades Analytical. Um, but this, this Blades Analytical lad actually based in North Highcombe, funnily enough, Sheffield United fan, did loads and loads of work with, uh, with stats and all that sort of stuff. Um, impressed Dara McAntony with a tweet about Christy Pym, who moved to Peterborough. Dara's employed him on the back of that, paid him up front to do work for Peterborough's recruitment. And I was I was a big critic of Darren McAntony 10 years ago, purely and simply because they took Peter Game from me. And that pissed me off because I loved Peter yeah. Game. I've no, aside from family members, I don't think I could love another man like I loved Peter Game. And I'm not talking obviously in a, in a homosexual way, um, but Peter Game was everything to me. And Dara took him and that broke my heart. And so I hated Peterborough irrationally. But as I've grown older and wiser, he's not everybody's cup of tea, the Peterborough chairman. Um, but the way that they do things actually, to a degree, has got to be admired. And, and that's why that they've spent on Mo Isa purely and simply believing that they can pump him on next season for five times as much. I, that's a that's a really interesting take on it. I've uh, I hadn't ever considered that, if I'm brutally honest. Um yeah, that's that's probably a good way of looking at it. I, I just think uh, purely from the numbers, like you look at, like I said, it, two strikers in league League One have have sold or been bought for five million pounds at least over the past two seasons, which is, I mean, it shows that it shows the gap, doesn't it? It shows that uh, the gulf that we're going to have to compete with if we want to be up there at some point. So. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know we're going to move on in a minute and I, I don't want to kind of just amble around the podcast with no real direction. But yes, th- there is a huge gulf between us and Sunderland. There is a huge gulf between 75% of League Two and Sunderland. And even then there's a gulf between the remaining 24%. That makes out there's 99 teams in the league. But you know what I'm saying. Um, but at what cost? You know, Sunderland are, are currently being taken over by a stockbroker called Mark Campbell. He's buying 64% of Stuart Donald's shares. Stuart Donald, when he bought Sunderland, paid £40 million for them. But part of the £40 million that he paid for Sunderland was their own parachute payments. So he's bought Sunderland for however much, let's say, and I don't know the specific numbers, but let's say he's bought Sunderland for £15 million. And then when they've got £25 million worth of parachute payments come in, he's just pushed that straight out to the former owner as well. So he hasn't actually, he's paid £40 million for it, but he's used Sunderland's own money to buy Sunderland. <laughs> and they've got, they've got to be taken over. They've got to have this guy come in because promotion was essential for them last year and it hasn't happened. And if they're not taken over, they won't be able to financially compete. Jack Ross has already been told he'll have the biggest budget in League One. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's like telling you telling me that the sun will rise in the morning and set in the evening. It's obvious, of course they do. They've got 32,000 fans come in and watch them every week. And, I, I, you know, aside from Sunderland and maybe Ipswich, and maybe, you know, there's a Peterborough here and a, an Oxford there. They've got big foreign owners as well. But... Are we actually that far adrift of Burton Albion with 6,900 capacity? South End, Gillingham, Accrington, Rochdale. Are these teams that we are so far behind? Berry, Tranmere, MK Dons? Not for me. There is a golf, mm. but Danny's been very clever. Yeah, absolutely. Very clever. Yeah, I, th- I think that it, it was. Um, we'll, we'll touch on. Um... Actually, we'll, let's move on to it now. Um, we'll, we'll obviously touch on what was the big story during our little hiatus, um, which was the alleged move 
that was everyone was worrying about and everyone was panicking about um the uh, the news today is that uh, Slavin Bilic is is talking with West Brom um, and at the bottom of the BBC news piece it says West Brom have already ruled out Lincoln City boss Danny Cowley um, which is I mean we don't know what's gone on behind closed doors and I, I've got to say I think there's from what's been said publicly I think we can all read between the lines just a little bit and say well something's been said at some point and that's where it's all been picked up on and blown out of all proportion. But um, the club have said nothing official was ever said, nothing official, you know, there was no official meetings, anything like that. So as far as we're concerned, and as far as Danny's concerned, he's going to be Lincoln City manager for the foreseeable future. So when he was talking about that, um, his his overarching message at the minute seems to be come and invest in Lincoln City because we are an investable club. Um, and it was quite nice to hear, I think it was Roger Bates on Radio Lincolnshire last week. I think he was saying that there's a few investors that are um, uh, potentially or nearing uh, the, the spot where they might be able to put some money into the club that would be, uh, I think, the, I can't remember the exact wording that he used, but he said they are, they're substantially wealthy. So, you know, there's a substantial wealth there to, to, to invest from. Um, but it was I think the question was put to him at one point where if we're looking to even begin to be able to compete in the, in this league, we'll need investment of at least, you know, some, well, we'll need investment in the millions. Um, and Roger sort of seemed to agree with that and say, well, you know, that's potentially what's being looked at. So um, I know that's, that's two sort of two bits at, at once there, but uh, I mean, your thoughts on, on obviously the West Brom situation and then the, the the state of the investment at the moment in the club. Yeah, you've left me two strands there, so I'll pick up on the, on Danny first. You always like to test me, don't you, Ben? <laughs> um, I'll pick up on the Danny thing first. Yep. No smoke without fire uh, is is probably what uh, what people would tend to say. I, I saw both sides of the story. I saw people saying, "Well, we should, you know, there'll be life after Danny Cowley." Blah blah blah. And those people need to just just realign themselves a little bit and realize what he's achieved with his club. Um, but then there were others that were saying, oh, they'll never consider it. It's absolute fallacy. Um, again, not really true, is it? And I, I don't know. I've not spoken to Danny. But if a team like West Brom are going to come in and want to talk to you, that somehow you would imagine that there would have to be um, interest stated. I don't know how it works. They haven't approached Lincoln to talk officially. But whenever you hear these things such and such have approached Swindon to talk about their manager. Mansfield have approached Swindon to talk about David Flickcroft. You're not telling me that they've approached Swindon before they've even sounded out whether David Flickcroft is going to be interested or not. Of course they haven't. That's ridiculous because what if Flickcroft went, no, I don't want to talk to him, make themselves the right arses, don't they? So I would imagine that somehow West Brom have considered Danny. Now, what form that's taken, I don't know. But for a press association journalist to write about it, and I, I don't know this Nick Mishita, and I'm going to be respectful of his name. You know, I know people made jokes online, including me. Um, but he's a respected journalist. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think he was wide of the mark when he said West Brom had spoken to Danny Cowley. I think that that was, that was the sort of reporting that could get him into trouble because that is the sort of reporting that suggests... Um, that, that he's been tapped up and I think that's wrong I think that's wrong for Danny and for West Brom yeah but 
you would imagine that something was said. It was the wrong time and it was the wrong club, but I'm not under any illusions that Danny and Nicky will probably leave Lincoln if we don't get the investment. Which brings us to the investment, because if we do get it, why would they leave? And that's not me being twee and thinking, oh, Lincoln are the best thing ever, because you know, living in reality and not taking off the rose-tinted glasses for, for a minute, which I, I rarely do, we're probably just about to reach our current ceiling. Yeah. Harsh fact. People talk about championship. You look at Yeovil and Rotherham who have gone through and kind of done it. Yeah, fair fair play. It can happen. I think Colchester even played a season in there. I might be mistaken about that. But in reality, our ceiling at the moment is League One. Now, the board are working incredibly hard, as I understand it, to bring in investment, to improve our, our corporate offering. And, you know, supporters have to respect that, that things will change. Money has to be gleaned. And it's not about just squeezing the same old fans time and time again. You look at the people that have come on board in recent year, in recent months, Greg Levine, for instance, David Lowe's, for instance, you know, good businessmen with connections, I mean, the fact both of them have ordered my book, you know, fair play to them and Clive as as well. The whole board are going to read me. I'm glad I've been complimentary. But the, on the serious point, these are good people that are coming in. And like Liam said on our podcast a couple of months back, um, yeah, investing in Lincoln City isn't an investment. It's a gift. Yeah. <clears throat> it's what it is. It's a gift. But it's not if you get to the Premier League. Yes. You know what I mean, that's that's when it, it, it kind of comes, comes alive. So much hinges, as much hinges on events off the field as on the field over the next 12 months, in my opinion. Danny wants to establish us on the field. The board wants to establish us off the field. We are not, in my opinion, a bottom six side in League One, even in terms of budget. I don't believe we're a bottom six side in League One. Yes, if we want to be a top six side, we need the investment. If we want to, or if we're happy establishing, as Danny likes to say, consolidating, as others like to say, if we're happy to go between 10th and 18th, I think we are in that position right now. Yeah, um, I, I think I'd agree with you on that. I think the um, it, it, it's like you say, when you've got the, you've got the potential of the investment there, it's always so tantalising. And then like when uh, Liam said about it being, you know, it's, it's a donation. To, to to Lincoln City, it's not going to be a full on like you know. I here's an investment, and I want my return within five years, or I'm going to walk away, sort of thing, because that's not going to happen. Like as much as people say football's a business, I think people understand that fundamentally football is a different kind of business to you know buying up shares in in Debenhams and watching it go tits up or something like that. You know, it's it's a different it's a different beast. And I think um, a lot of people that were worrying about the state of, you know, that I saw some people talking about stuff about, oh, well, you know, if Danny goes to West Brom, then that means that Clive's going to pull his money out and everyone's going to pull the money out and we're going to go, you know, going to go up the Swanee. It's like, well, no, that's that's not, you know, well, they're going to want their money back from their investment. It's like, well, it's, it, it's not that straightforward when it comes to a football club. Like you say, if you get to the Premier League, you're going to be making a fortune but there's been the the way that I've always seen it and the way that I've always been sort of raised, if you like, is that if you're investing in a football club or if you're running a football club, you're not going to make money. And the prime example of that at the moment, you know, there's there's two really, there's Bolton and Berry, isn't there? But we can, you know, we can talk about that. Ah, but what you've done there is actually you've touched not so much with Berry, 
but on owners who, and this is the danger at League One level, on owners that have come in and invested, believing they're going to make money. Ken Anderson, yeah. Charlton, Rowan Duchatelet or whatever the <laughs> dickhead's name is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So in actual fact, that's another challenge. In League Two, Steve Dale comes in. I don't think Steve Dale thought he was going to make money out of Berry. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. But that's why people, that's why these teams get in trouble. It's why Berry got in trouble, right? Their, their troubles right now are not because of their League Two campaign. It's because of the overspending of the previous owner who wanted to get them into the championship. Yeah. And, you know, when you go chasing dreams, sometimes you lose your grounding in reality. Yeah. And that's what we've got to manage. And that's not just the board, that's Danny as well. We can chase the dreams and the supporters a key to it. And I've got a concern there, if I'm honest, I'll come back in a minute to that. But we've got to realise that, and, and the club already do, that it, progression's got to be done in the right way. There is no point in throwing, let's go out and throw this money at this or this money at that, because you cannot always dictate what happens on the pitch. Mm. And Berry found that out last year. They bought some good players, Jermaine Beckford, arguably we should have been a good player at League One, got injured. So then they haven't got the goals. So they changed their manager because the manager's not doing the right job for them, not a problem we'd have. So then they've got that upheaval as well. Same thing happened at MK Dons. Two teams came down who had a great squad and should have stayed in the division. And my worry is that our, some of our supporters believe that we should now be pushing on to the next stage no matter what. And that's the real concern. And I don't want to go back over old ground, but the sort of person that boos when you're losing at half-time of a final game of the season when you've already won the league three or four weeks earlier, they're the sort of person that will be complaining on social media or, or on the radio or wherever they go when we might lose two or three games at the beginning of the next season. And I don't, I really don't want to see negativity come around the club. This is this is a crucial time where we've got to pull together. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, talking about Danny going to West Brom and like you just said, the people pulling out of the club, it's a minority sadly the minority of the ones that we listen to yeah it's um it, it's not a it's not a healthy thing to be that negative um and i think the the thing is when you're uh when, when there's a mass group of unhealthy opinions and unhealthy talk around a club it will seep into to to the you know to the players and, and the management it's something that danny talked about last season you know we had a blip where we 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 dropped a few points but look at where we are now. We, we won the league, um, and it's it, it, the, the potential for the negative talk next season is going to come from a lot of people, in my opinion, who may not quite get their heads around the fact that we aren't going to be entitled to win every single game. You know, we're not going to be walking over Sunderland. We're not going to be demolishing Peterborough five nil. You know, it's it's those kinds of games that will be very tough, and it's going to be a really difficult league. Um, but I, I, I don't know. But I, I'm with you. I just hope there's no overwhelming negative negativity from too many people, um, because this is the first time in 20 plus years that we'll have played in this division. So it, this is this is the unknown for a lot of you know a lot of fans. Um, it's it's just so exciting. And I, I can't wait for it. I mean, the the fixture list uh, comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, I think it's a couple of weeks today, isn't it? June June twentieth, I think, isn't it? June nineteenth, uh, something like it's that. It's the twentieth, and I should know it's the twentieth because that's my anniversary. So, um, 
Well, it's the day after my mum and dad's anniversary, but they've been divorced for oh. 20 years. So. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for the thanks for that. You don't know what to say for that, do you? <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, um, obviously a yeah, fixture list uh, due soon, but we can, uh, we'll probably reconvene for that, actually. Um, we might, because that, is that a Friday? Or Thursday. It was. It's a Thursday, isn't it? Thursday. So we might have a Friday podcast that week, um, and we'll we'll go through the fixtures or something like that. I don't know. Well, one one thing I'm actually wondering is if, um, and I'm, I'm wondering this on air, which is phenomenal, and it really should have been beforehand. I was wondering if we maybe do a bit of live recording at uh, the event on Friday and thread that into a pod, maybe for next week. Could do. Um, what event's that, Gary? Well, we'll cover it towards the end because we've still got a couple of things on our actual list, haven't we? You know, the list that we never, ever stick to any week, ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so should we move on to what was point two of our list that we should have spoken about probably 15 minutes ago? And that was Ben Coker, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. So we, we were going to open the pod by talking about the players that we have been linked with in press, other people's press, I note, but I notice the Echo I haven't published barely anything over the last couple of weeks so maybe, or the last couple of days, so maybe they're on holiday. Um, oh, they, never mind. Um, so, yeah, Ben Coker, um, left-sided player, predominantly a left-back, can move into midfield, another player that we've been heavily linked with. He seemed to suggest that something might be on the cards as well because he announced he was leaving South End. Uh, somebody put Lincoln's a long way to drive for a barbecue and he put some sort of emojis, which is how people communicate these days by pictures. seems like we're going back to ancient Egypt. We've invented the written word and now we're buggering it off again. Um, so interesting player, Ben Coker. Um, certainly seems like a Danny type. He's come from the non-league scene in the south of England. Um Really competent-looking left-back. Suffered from injury last season. looking to bounce back from that as well. But, again, what does it suggest if he did sign for for our left-hand side? That's Bruno and, and Harry Toffolo. Interesting. I think it comes back to um, what we were saying a little bit earlier on, um, in that I, I, I would be very surprised if uh, we've still got hold of Bruno next season. Um, it's... I don't want to go over what we've just said, you know, five, 10 minutes ago, but it's, it, he's, he's very clearly going to be attracting some big money, big, uh, big money bids over the summer. Um, and I think as much as, uh, as much as it's said that, you know, Ben, uh, Ben Coker is a left back. I think I agree with you in, when you've said um, in the piece, when it was sort of first leaked or discussed or whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Um, he didn't really, well, he, if he can play at, uh, you know, in, in a left back position, then does that mean that uh, Toff can move into a, a wing, you know, sort of position on the left wing? Um, and it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting one. And I'm wondering if that's what Danny's plans are, if Bruno does, in, does indeed go. Very good. All right, well, that's point two covered. What else have we got on the list? <laughs> Uh, what have we got? We've got, we've got, we've got, oh yeah, friendlies. Um, this ladies and gentlemen is how you do a podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, we've got, uh, talk about friendlies. Um, there's been a few announced, uh, I think Sheffield Wednesday are the le- most recent ones to come in. Uh, your thoughts on that one? Yep. I'm busy that night. Carry on. Cool. Uh, brushing your beard or? 
Uh, well, to be honest, I did. I went to the Norwich friendly last year, and I think I made quite a thing of leaving at half time because I was bored. Uh, and then I, I, I can't remember if I did another friendly. Might have done Sheffield Wednesday, possibly. No, I don't think I did. I, they just, I struggle with them now, and I know that a lot of people say, "Oh, it's a great chance to see the new players." Yeah, it is, but so is the first game of the season, and that's when it matters. Um, I will go to the Gainsborough preseason tournament. Yep, I think almost certainly because that supports local football. It's a bit different, you know. It'll be a good community day, uh, but I can't see myself going to any of the friendlies. Maybe maybe the forest one just to kind of get back into the swing of things yeah a bit of pre-season training from a writer and a fan's point of view as well yeah yeah i think i'll i think we we probably did i think we did the blackburn one last season and i think that might have been the one where the biggest cheer of the afternoon came from when they stopped the uh, buzzing over the pa system oh i remember that where was i i remember that was that not norwich that might have been Norwich then, yeah, because I know we did we did a few last season, so yeah. I was sneaking out actually because um, I bumped into Nathan Arnold was at the game, um, mm. the Norwich game. He was there looking at Lee Shaw, who they were hoping. I think he was working for Boston at the time. And they were hoping to be able to pick Lee Shaw up if he didn't make it with us, and obviously he ended up at Chesterfield. And I was kind of sneaking out, and I bumped into him and Gary Goddard. Um, obviously, does a lot of the work from the pool. And I was kind of talking to him, and then they went off to go back to their seat, and I was like, "Oh yeah, cheers, I'm leaving now." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I struggle to get excited. You know, the the training exercises for the players. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, it makes a little bit of money for the club, doesn't it? And it's, you know, like you say, some people will say, oh, it's a chance to see the new players. So they'll they'll come in and they'll see that. But there's there's very rarely any, um, any <clears throat> excuse me, like any spice or any grit to him. Unless, of course, you're Sheffield Wednesday at, uh, at Mansfield. But that's another story. <laughs> Ouch. Although yeah. I think we did sign Scott Wharton immediately after the Blackburn game. So we've got... Yes. Well, yeah. this year we'll obviously sign Tyler Walker, and uh, we've got, um, now we've got Sheffield Wednesday. We'll obviously sign Fernando Forestieri. Forestieri. Well, he was the one that uh, he was the one that kicked off against Mansfield, didn't he? Well, he was getting. From my understanding is he was getting battered from pillar to post, and then there was an alleged racist incident, which I think has been dismissed, and you know wasn't there. Can't say. Um, so there we go. Oh, well, anyway, that is pretty much it from an imp's perspective at the moment. Um, I say it's all it's all quiet on the transfer front at the moment. Um, I think I I think you said it pretty well in the, the blog the other day. Nothing to panic about at the minute. This is how Link can do the jobs. This is how Danny does his uh, his business at the minute. He's um, yeah, we've we've got uh, plenty of time, plenty of time to look at new signings. Here is my bold prediction. At least one signing, if not two, are already signed, sealed and sorted. But they won't be announced. Danny likes to announce two or three at the same time. He likes to announce ingoings at the same time as outgoings. And Terry Hibbert, the media manager, who would be right on it, is currently in Disneyland. Yep. Yep. And uh, I've just seen, actually, Terry Hibbert's... uh... Uh, Twitter, I think he said so. We've just had a Peter Pan take us around Disneyland for 20 minutes and then we bumped into Harry Toffolo. So there wow. we go. I bet, I bet if he had wandered around Disneyland and bumped into Bruno Andrade, I bet Bruno would have gone down asking for a penalty. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, um, yeah, so one last big thing to talk about um, is uh, the book launch and the you know, the launch 
uh, the event, sorry, on Friday, which was alluded to earlier. Um, but I will let you take the floor and wax lyrical about your uh, your life's work and hopefully your masterpiece. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, you don't know that actually because I haven't read it, but it is quite good. Uh, yeah, so we've got the book launch this week, uh, weekend, Friday night rather, um, eight o'clock for the general public. If, if you haven't previously been invited, firstly, my apologies, because I know I will have forgot somebody. But secondly, the doors do open at eight o'clock after the um, kind of invited bit for, for people to come in. Have I invited you, Ben? Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um so yeah, we've got, I've got Nathan Arnold is coming along because he he features heavily in the book towards the end when we talk about the mental health aspect. Um, there are canapes which my other half is going to uh, lovingly prepare. The bar will be open. I'm afraid it's not a free bar uh, because I haven't pre-sold enough books. If I'd sold a thousand, I might have stuck a few bottles of bubbly on, but um, I haven't sold a thousand. <laughs> I haven't sold I haven't sold a hundred uh, pre-order because. You know, it hasn't been pushed particularly outside of my blog, but it's it's, it's gone pretty well, um, as well as I expected. So, yeah, really excited. Um, format of the evening will be people arrive, mingle, etc., etc. Uh, I will then do a little bit talking about myself, which is one of my favourite subjects. Uh, <laughs> we'll bring bring Nathan in. He's going to do a little bit of talk about the, the mental health aspects as well. Uh, there'll be a short reading from the book, which uh, it won't be as painful as it sounds. And then there'll be a, a Q&A at the end, which I'm hoping people will have some questions queued up about Mascot Live. There might be a few funny anecdotes, etc. And then we'll wrap up the official launch. I'll sit at a table. People will come. They will either collect the books that they've already bought. They can buy books on the night, but it will be limited stock. Um, and it'll be a first come, first served. Rather... Um, Anally, I shall be signing books if people want me to. I should be signing them with a pen, um, but I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's rather. Um, I don't know the word egotistical, perhaps. You like that, didn't you? Anally <laughs> signing books. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that 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 be the case. I'm going to bring a couple of my other books as well. They'll be on offer if you haven't got like the A to Z or the last two season reviews i've got a few copies of those i'll probably just be punting out nice and cheap on the night um hopefully we're gonna everybody that comes everyone that's been invited to the launch uh will um and by the way the people who've bought a book who have been invited it was a draw uh, it's not that i've kind of picked and choose people uh, but anyway I'm, I'm you know i'm so worried because i know that i could only have so many people there and i know there'll be people who i really wanted to invite who i haven't and i've just been chasing my tail all week and i'm, I'm going to be gutted on the night when somebody either turns up at eight or messages me on sunday and says did you have a good launch i'm just you know i'm gonna feel terrible about it but um my apologies to anyone for that but yeah the invited everyone who's invited hopefully will get a raffle ticket uh, on entry and i have ordered from art of football nathan arnold's print where he's rounding the ipswich keeper uh, and whoever's number is drawn out and um, hopefully nathan will will sign it to them as a as a memento of the night uh, again using a pen so um yeah that's it and then uh, eight o'clock till half nine ish mingle chat laugh joke cry all that sort of stuff and that's it my book will be launched i'll put it on amazon and then doubtless i'll start looking at my season review book and trying to get that out before the end of july excellent well hopefully it won't cost as much on amazon as it's uh being 
already previewed at, which was, I think, £250 at one point. I've taken it off now. The reason I did that is because to order my copies to sell on the night, it had to be on sale on Amazon. But I didn't want to release it on Amazon because then it makes a mockery of the whole book launch. So uh, I just set the retail price at £250, released it, and then as soon as my books arrived, took it off sale again. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be great. I think we're um, – I need to have a, a bit of a chat off air about possibly getting it uh, Facebook Lived or whatever and yeah, yeah. hopefully get that sorted. And we'll we'll probably do some uh, some recordings on Friday at the launch. And uh, if, if people want to – have a chat with us and you know we can get that recorded for the pod as well uh, maybe a sort of a, 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 what's the word i'm looking for not a collage because that's what you do with pictures but a montage montage that's the one um yeah like a montage of of people talking about the you know the book and and the podcast and whatever and yeah just about lincoln in general so uh hopefully i won't be quite as snotty by friday um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it man it's gonna be great fun so uh I only hope so. I've, you know i've got a compare as well um right. and it is the most when i when i've told certain people who know him they've kind of gone oh right oh who's your compare is he um it's my brother okay and uh the reason being i you know it's, it sounds a little bit sickly sweet but you know my brother is probably one of my best friends and it, it, that wasn't the case for an awful long while um he features in the book he's done mrs poacher and yeah, it's, it's nice to have him there. I'm, I haven't asked her yet, but I'm hoping to get my mum to be on the door, checking the guest list. Fee's going to be serving uh, canapes. Dad's too famous to do anything official, so he'll <laughs> just be men and soaking it up himself. But it's really important to me to have my um, to have my family heavily involved in it. Um, you know, it's quite a, a personal book, if I'm honest. Um, I'm a little bit worried about it coming out, not least oh, because. Right. Of the- there's a story in there about not a story, but I refer to somebody in there and it's not really in a, in a massively positive light. And they messaged me, let's say over the last week, I don't want to, you know, but they messaged me over the last week saying, Oh, long time. No speak. Can't wait to read your book. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder how I can stop you doing that. Then, <laughs> I'm, Literally I'm going to go through all the boxes I've got in the kitchen, tearing out like page 320 or whatever it is. So if you get a book with a page torn out, it's not a problem. Honestly, it's normal. Cool. Well, I wonder why my advanced copy already had that torn out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only been one person who's had an advanced copy. One person. Wow. And Rob Mate, please. Ah, fair enough. Only because I hope you might say nice things about it on the radio. <laughs> just going back very quickly, you did say there that your brother had done Mrs. Poacher, and just I'm a bit concerned. I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We, we did. Post, we did um, mascot Grand National two years in a row, and he came and performed as Mrs. Poacher both years. And uh, he, he he finished in like in the top ten one year. Um, wow! And I got, I got knocked over, and and you'll read in the book what happened. It, it's quite amusing. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but yeah, and he then won ugliest mascot, um, which I always, always told him was connected to him taking the head off, not putting it on. And uh, the, the first year he did that. And then the second year he'd, he'd got two balloons and he put them in. So Mrs. Poacher looked like she had breasts, which was quite amusing as well. I've put those pictures in the book, I think as contrasting black and white, grainy, not great quality, but you know, whatever. 
Uh, well, I'm really looking forward to that. It should be uh, it should be cracking. Um, I just want to plug the the games website for next week because it's uh, it's E3 week next week, which is the big the, yeah, it's the big sort of convention um, over in LA. Unfortunately, I'm not going this year. I've been twice before, and it's uh, it's an amazing week, but it's uh, it's a bit pricey. Um, so we're covering it from home. If you're interested in games news, check out Next Gen Base next week. Um, we're just going to have so much coverage back to back wall to wall it's uh i've got the week off work to do it basically so it should be fun well, um, is there anything expected or is e3 is normally about the unexpected i suppose isn't it yeah i mean there's there's um there's been a few things that have leaked already there's a new watchdogs game coming out there's uh, yeah apparently it's going to be set in london as well which is uh big, big camp there for me but i was a massive watchdogs 2 fan i thought it was a clever and underrated game Oh yeah, Watch Dogs 2 was fantastic. The first one was all right, but it was just sort of a bit I think there was bits that were unfinished, but um and then uh what else have we obviously we've got a new Call of Duty, we've got the new uh be some footage of from Doom Eternal, which looks amazing. Um but yeah, there's gonna be plenty of stuff. Um and one of the press conferences is at two o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, which I've said we're gonna live stream all of them, but I really don't know if I can be asked to get up at two o'clock in the morning to watch footage of a uh, an Avengers game, like I know it's going to be cool, but is it the Avengers one? Say, if if you didn't get up and they announced Grand Theft Auto Six and it was being set in Lincoln, you'd be kicking yourself. But if it's, if it's just something that's generic like that, so I'm just going back to Watch Dogs. I've thought of a great analogy, so I've got to roll it out there. Um, Watch Dogs One was very much like Bernard Mensah, and it promised a lot but didn't actually manage to deliver. Whereas Watch Dogs Two was like Kellen Gordon delivered whenever you asked it to, but was woefully undervalued. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's fair, actually. I like those analogies. Um, so, yes, right, we will wrap it up there. Um, my voice is slowly disintegrating, I think, so uh, I don't want to push yeah, it. You're going to say grating on me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Ben, really. You know it, mate. I'll see you then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no. Anyway. I'm sign your, and now I am going to sign your book anally. <laughs> <laughs> right, we oh, listen right. See you on Friday. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.